She's like, <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear John's tummy? And it lasted for so long. It lasted for so long. It went. It went. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Hello, hello, everybody. Melina Boswell here, co-founder of New Wealth Advisors Club. And today in the studio, I have two of my faves, Mr. Uh, Tim Wilkinson. Hello. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Wow. John Slater. He looked so weird. You should have seen him. Oh, not John. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. All right. It's kind of afternoon. So today, and also in the house, we have uh, Kevin Castillo, or also known as Handsome Castle. Uh, <laughs> um, AKA Cito. You know what we could do one day? We could actually do an entire um, podcast on nicknames. Right. How many funny nicknames we have for people and their nicknames become their actual names. And I believe that I'm probably one of the biggest culprits in nickname creations. I just pick a nickname and then it sticks. And oh, we should do that. That would be actually really fun. It's <laughs> a good idea. Maybe not everybody cares, but if you've heard me call people by their nicknames, it is kind of funny because they're very intentional, every nickname, except for Andrews. It wasn't intentional. Okay, so today we are uh, discussing the subject of money. And so there was, yeah, money, and there was so much conversation around the concept, the conversation, the idea uh, of money and what it means and what it represents to us. Uh, so, mu so much more than any other podcast, I think, to the point where Tim and I started to be like, okay, stop talking about it because it was becoming overwhelming, which is kind of hilarious because <laughs> that is exactly our relationship with money. Right. <laughs> That's funny. So money is one of, those, one of those things. It's a commodity, right? I think money is just energy. I think of it as nothing more than energy. It's really all it is. It comes and it goes. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, Tim's like, mm, I'm not going for that. Tim's like, no, it is cold, <laughs> hard <laughs> cash. Right. Okay. So, uh, when somebody asked me to talk about money, it was because of, I think, my unique relationship with money and how I view money. Uh, and so, wanted to talk a little bit about that today because it is a very real um, challenge, I think, for a lot of people. And so much so that I don't think it's a conversation we have often enough. And so Tim and I uh, privately have had, I'm sure, hours and hours and hours of conversations around money. Yeah, we have. Yeah. And so maybe, Tim, would be, this would be a good time for you to talk about, just maybe share a little bit about what your relationship uh, to money or how you related to money and the revelation that you had um, with money, like the idea that you wanted it and then what that really looked like. Sure. Uh, well, I think that when I when I got started in the club, I I felt like, <clears throat> um, well, I wanted money. <laughs> I mean, right. really, at the end of the day, I got involved in real estate because I wanted to make more money. Um, I was I had a job. I was making pretty good money mm -hmm. um, in that job, and I just wanted to make more. Mm -hmm. um, and then I get involved in the club and. You know, I hear like what, some of the things that you say, Melina. You say um, you think that money is just it's just energy. Mm -hmm. But on the same note, we've had many conversations where I can I can say, yeah, you know, I can I can grasp that money is just energy. I mean, if I have more money, I can uh, send my money out to do things that I can't do. I mm -hmm. can I can 
keep a radio station going, for instance, right. by, by <laughs> funding, you know, radio stations that I listen to. And mm-hmm. I can I can feed homeless people with my money. Um, and it is just energy. It's a, it's something that I have that I can um, I can create things with my money that I can't do because I can't necessarily be there to do it, if that makes sense. Perfect. Um, so I get that. I really do. Mm-hmm. On the surface. <laughs> right. But it wasn't until like really getting into the business and, and um, really a lot of personal growth to where I finally realized that my true relationship with money is one of, um, like if I'm really honest with myself, I don't want money. Mm. I don't, money is um, is one of those things that for me, it, it, uh, it just never fulfills. Mm. So you don't want money because it doesn't fulfill? Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. Mm. Okay. Like, I mean, I have, I don't know if you want um, deep stories, but. <laughs> of course we do. So, okay. So let's just talk. So <laughs> Let's just talk. So at the, there came a point in my life early, early on um, when I was young and I have an uncle who, it was Christmas time when mm-hmm. I was about. I was about five or six years old, and um, my uncle gave me a Christmas gift about two weeks before Christmas, and we put it under the tree, and every day he would let me play with this box. Mm-hmm. I'd go, go shake the box. It was heavy. It made really cool noise when you, when, when you, you shook it. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day he would tell me, don't get too excited. It's just a box of rocks. And um, so for like two weeks, I played with this box and built up this expectation in my mind of what this gift was going to be. And then on Christmas, I opened the box, and it was a box of rocks. It was literally a box of rocks. And, um, of course, I was disappointed, very disappointed. And about an hour later, he comes up, and he gives me a a, a card, a Christmas card. And in the card was, like, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. For a five-year-old in, like, 1980, (laughs) that was a lot of money. But I did not. It was cash. It it was cash money, and yeah. But I didn't want it. Like I was Mm -hmm. like I didn't want his freaking money. Like I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was so mad at him that I just. And from that moment on, um, I didn't realize it. But I, the way it shows up for me is I'll I'll find myself, um, not taking the actions that that I know are gonna make things happen, and Mm -hmm. I have to fight myself to make. Um, I have to fight that five year old in order to succeed in this business every, every day, actually. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I battle as I go as I go through my day and I find myself wasting time. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, that's the five-year-old who doesn't want you to do these things over here mm-hmm. that are going to get you paid. Mm-hmm. And I know it's, I don't know, I've, it's one of those things that I don't necessarily like to talk about in a public forum because, like, right. Melina and I have had this conversation over and over again, but mm-hmm. even to myself it sounds kooky. No, it doesn't sound kooky. It sounds incredibly insightful and unbelievably intelligent, actually, because the truth is uh, most of us have had experiences like that, and maybe not everybody has as as um, dramatic of an experience. And, you know, your uncle was just playing with you. Right. He obviously had no ill intention. He obviously didn't want to hurt you. He right. was just, you know, playing around with you. Right. And not understanding that that, that moment would have such a deep impact on you for the rest of your life. Right. And how you relate to money. Right. Yeah. So it is interesting when, when you start to, to recognize that 
Um, <laughs> John's shaking his head like, wow, that's mm. really deep. It is deep. It's really, really deep. deep. Yeah. And it took a lot for you to to understand that. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it took a long time to realize that that, that was what was happening when, because I, I was the king of procrastination, still the king of procrastination a lot of times. Um, I was very much the always getting ready to get ready mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. you know, move the phone from this side of the desk to that side of the desk before you can make a phone call. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it took, it wasn't until that, that moment when I got that piece of clarity for myself that all of that nonsense that I was doing mm -hmm. was the five-year-old like going, eh, if you do that, you're probably going to get money and you don't want money. It doesn't fulfill. Don't don't waste your time doing that stuff because money doesn't fulfill. Um, of course, my five year old didn't realize didn't have that language of fulfilling. But totally. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but once I got the language and I understood what was happening for myself, now I have the power every day to realize like, oh yeah, just freaking you know make the phone call, talk to the homeowner. You it's know, so fascinating. Make the offer. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so interesting because the the truth is you know, on the surface, rationally, intellectually, you would say that is absurd. Right. I, I'm not being, I'm not procrastinating because I don't want money. That makes no, no sense. It. You know, I'm just procrastinating because what? I mean, what would be the uh, things uh, that uh, you would uh, say? The, <laughs> like, what, like, how would you justify? Because I don't, uh, well, I don't have enough information. Mm. The phone's on the wrong side of the desk. <laughs> Right? Like, just <laughs> my desk is a mess. It needs to be cleaned up before mm -hmm. I can call this I homeowner. can't work in chaos. Right. I can't work I in chaos. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm not a salesperson. There you go. I'm not mm -hmm. a salesperson. That was a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. was a big one. I, know I had I that remember. argument with my bosses for 20 years. Uh-huh. You so. had that argument with me. Well, you would yeah. have that argument with me all the time, no matter what we were doing. Right. And, yeah. Right. So. Call that homeowner and make your offer. I'm not a salesperson. I'm Somebody else needs to go and have that conversation, mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. Which is all a lie because you're one of the best persons ever to have conversations with homeowners. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Now that I got the little five-year-old out of the way. Right, exactly. Well, the five-year-old still shows up. You just, now, you just now put him back in the corner where he belongs. Right. right. <laughs> Actually, you just, you just retrain his brain. Right. You've retrained his brain to understand that uncle was just having fun and it had nothing to do with. Right. And he's, again, that, that five-year-old, and we're talking like he's not even – me anymore, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yes. Uh, we're talking about him like a third person. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, I find myself going back to those old habits of, mm -hmm. of not taking action. And I just have to remind myself, no, it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. You're going to make 100 grand on this deal, and that's mm -hmm. okay. That's great. Perfect. Because <laughs> it's energy, and you can do lots of stuff with energy. Right. Right. Uh, oh, and I'll just share this. Like, I typically still have a sense when we close big deals. Mm -hmm. I have at least a small sense of guilt, mm. always, mm. every single time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I can totally understand yeah. that. Not necessarily guilt, I guess, but it's that same pit of my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's not quite right. It's not quite right to receive this much money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with um, value oh, yeah. and identity, how you identify yourself in money. Right. Like, or how money identifies you. Yeah. Right. I think that's what it is. Um, John, and if you would share a little bit about your, we were having this conversation about you, and mm -hmm. actually Tim posed the question. Mm -hmm. um, what was the question? How did you ask it, Tim? You asked John. I just, I think I just asked him what was his relationship to money. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, thinking, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier, but thinking about 
Tim's story going back to his childhood, you know, I, I, I worked from the age of 15. Mm. You know, I graduated high school, I went straight into work. And actually, I think still at high school, I was working a Saturday job and I was getting paid £10 uh, for this seven-hour Saturday job. Mm. You know, filing, paperwork kind of stuff. £10 an hour? No, £10 for the entire Saturday. Okay. Wow. So that was, I mean, that's 19... 89 mm-hmm. and it's you know it's about a pound an hour you know a pound and a half an hour but <laughs> you know I used to I used to used to receive my 10 pound you know my I didn't grow up in a rich family but at the same time I didn't grow up in a poorer family either we mm-hmm. you know we we had what we had um but I at the age of 15 I had the mentality of okay I got my 10 pound I'm gonna put eight pound into a box in my dad's closet and two pound was now my spending money for the week who taught you that? No, well, I, I can't think of anything or, you know, like my parents, you know, we never had that kind of conversation. I just, so I was a kind of kid that, you know, sorry, mom, but I was the kind of kid that would, <laughs> you know, I needed a, you know, I wanted a candy bar and I would sneak into my mom's bag and I would steal a pound from my mom's purse. Mm-hmm. I would go buy my candy bar. When I bought it, I would then chop it up into, you know, like a Milky Way and chop it up into like 10 pieces and then come and offer my mom pieces of the candy bar that she just bought. But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> when I received my pocket money at the end of the week, which was around two, three pound back then. Pocket money was, was that like an like, allowance? Yeah, like an what allowance. What we would say an allowance. Yeah, okay. an allowance. Mm-hmm. Pocket money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would then take a pound from my allowance and go put it back in my mom's purse. Aww. So, you know, it wasn't like I did, I, I didn't do it just once. I'd do it probably every other week. But <laughs> I, I, I can honestly say I didn't steal the money. I just temporarily borrowed it. But, you know, that from there, you, you know, the idea of, earning £10 for seven hours' work and then putting £8 away because at 15, my mentality was if I want something, I need to go buy it myself. Mm. I didn't rely on my parents to go buy something for me. It was, hey, I want a new pair of soccer shoes. I need to save up for those soccer Mm -hmm. shoes, you know? And if I went to my dad and said, hey, I need a new pair of soccer shoes, he would have bought me some, you know? (laughs) But he would have made sure that I needed them. Mm. So it was that need versus, you know, want kind of attitude. So, you know, that's way back, way back then. And, and, you know, and now, you know, coming into, you know, always been working since the age of 15, always having a paycheck. You know, I, I saved a little bit, but I never really saved a huge amount, mm. you know. So, you know, at 30 whatever years old when I joined the club, it was it wasn't like I had a bunch of savings and had really anything to show because, at the same time, I I don't mind spending money, but I hate wasting money. Mm. You know, so my wife will joke about it because she'll go out and she'll do the little shops and she loves to yard sale, things like that. And I say, honey, you're always spending. Mm. But when I go spend, mm-hmm. I'll spend big 500 times more than what she spent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a necessity, you yeah. know. <laughs> the new co- it's a necessity. The, yes. the new coffee machine, you know, it was a necessity. It's, you know, my last coffee machine was 12 bucks. You know, the, the new one was 160 bucks. You no, know, because man. It was like, Baller. I, totally necessary. I want a totally nice necessary. new... So, you know, it's it's not frivolous spending. Um, but when I joined the club, you know, Celine and I joined for two very different reasons. Celine was, she wanted to get out of her jobs. 
which ultimately we needed money for to be able to quit her job. Right. My attitude was, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people making a lot of money in real estate. I would like to make a lot of money, you know? Yeah. You said truckloads, actually. Yeah, truckloads of money mm-hmm. was what I wanted to do. And, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, whilst wanting to make truckloads of money, it is not to then just go waste it on a bunch of useless things. It was more to always have the security of, you know, I, I don't need a, you know, a Ferrari. You know, I don't need a, you know, a 10-bedroom mansion. You know, I, I, I want a nice house. I want a pool. I, I want, want a, a nice, Beamer. I want a nice BMW. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Check. that. Check. I know. Check. It sounds <laughs> you know, but, I, but, but, but at the same time, I, you know, very different to what, how Tim sees it is, you know, I don't have any problem closing a deal and making 100 grand on that deal and feeling happy I made 100 grand. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I probably work for it. Yeah, of course. You know, and I'm in a position now in my life, you know, where having worked for 28 years, I feel like I've got to a position where, you know what, I, as long as I work for it, I deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been having a conversation with, you know, one of my kind of, mentees one of the one of the kind of club members that I mentor a lot at the club and his outtake on money is very different he Mm. feels guilty Mm. for not necessarily doing as much work as you know maybe somebody else but still getting paid that same amount of money oh you know Mm. but as Mm -hmm. partners it's hey this you know we have a partnership this is what it is so take it Mm -hmm. you know and you know so for me I my mentality definitely changed through my journey in the club from one of just wanting to go make loads of money to, you know, I just need to make enough to live comfortably. Yeah. I, I, we were talking about that earlier, and I said I, I believe that it has everything to do with uh, you You recognize, you've now learned mm-hmm. that making money is completely, it's really very attainable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not something, you know, when, when, you've, been, when you've been stuck in a job, and somebody tells you, um, this is your value. You trade this much time for this much dollars. That's what you live into. Mm-hmm. And then the moment you realize, well, I can actually get paid for the amount of work that I do, um, it changes everything. So then your conversation starts to become this. Well, how much do I actually want to work? Like, how much do I want to give up to make a certain amount of money? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's what's happened for you. It is. And it, it, it's more of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, the lifestyle that I'm trying to achieve is not one of, okay, great, I get to sit back and do nothing for the next six months because I made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm, I enjoy working. I enjoy doing what I do and I enjoy earning the money because it allows me to then go do what I want to do. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, I can, and, and, and this will relate to a lot of new students that are kind of coming in and, and joining us at the club. For me, when I first joined, and I remember talking to yourself and Dave, and we were talking about how much money do you want to make in a year? Mm-hmm. You know, how much money would change your life? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sat in, in you know, VIP lunch, and one of the guys said, I, I need to make 40 grand a month to change my life and get out of my job. And I'm like, holy smoke. <laughs> you know, I'm happy with 30 grand a year mm-hmm. because that would actually allow Celine to quit her job and maybe we could then afford a family vacation. Mm. So my goal was 30 grand and, and Dave kind of chuckled and he was like, that's one deal. That's one flip. Right. But I had nothing to compare that to. I was, I've never experienced holding a check for that kind of money. 
So whilst, you know, a lot of people in the club were closing deals and making 30, 40, 50 grand on deals, until I actually held the check <laughs> that was 35,000 bucks <laughs> on my, and $35,559.09. <laughs> Are you sure? Remember it because it was the biggest check I've ever held. And mm. then having the realization say, okay, so this is real. Mm-hmm. But also now compare that to one of my yearly salaries. Mm. And holy smoke, that one deal's more than one of my jobs was worth for the entire year. Mm. So it's, it's not that I didn't deserve it. It's not that I didn't earn it. But now it became really real that there was an opportunity to make that kind of money. And then it just allowed me to say, hey, I quit one of my jobs and now I can focus on my real estate business full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money, um, money doesn't... Um, it, it it creates opportunities, doesn't it? It totally creates opportunities. Definitely, it it allows you to do. It allows you to do the things that you could be passionate about, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's really what changed for Celine and I within the club. I, I mean, Celine, Celine will be happy with you know a minimal amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 not care. And in fact, now she still doesn't stress. I, I worry about, okay, I got to pay rent, got to pay mortgage, you know, got to pay bills, got to do mm-hmm. this, you know, got to make sure we continue to make money and I have that worry about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas she doesn't worry about it because she knows I worry about it, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's not actually true. She no. doesn't, she doesn't worry about it because you, she knows you do. That's not the truth. <laughs> Whether you worry about it or not is not going to impact. She is not going to worry about it. No, she doesn't worry about she it. She doesn't worry about Whereas it. Whereas I do worry about it, but mm-hmm. I, I worry about it from a perspective of, you know, I want to make sure we've always got the money we need to allow us to not live a lavish lifestyle, mm-hmm. but live a comfortable lifestyle of, I know I can pay my bills. I know I can, you know, go on a vacation once a year, you know, and I. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that that's how you were actually created. So whoever is the, you know, and generally it's men uh, are the the provider for the family. So what you're talking about right now is is who you are at your very core. Yeah. So that's that's how you were created. That's what you're supposed to do. So that's not that's not unusual. That's a good thing. It's an interesting perspective for somebody like me, who, um, as a woman, I uh, have always made money. And I was saying this to you guys earlier. I've never not made money. I've always been able to create opportunities and whatever I've put my mind to, um, I've, I've made a lot of money and I believe it's for a few different reasons. I believe it's because I have a really strong work ethic and a really strong drive. Um, I'm, I think I have gifts and talents that have provided that for me. And I find myself now in the position of, and but I've never worried about where the money is gonna come from and I've never cared whether, you know, um, it just doesn't matter how much money I made. The, the truth is I didn't have any idea how much money Dave and I made. I had no idea. I would get a 1099 at the end of the year and I would go, wow, did I, did I make that much money? I had no idea. That's right. the honest truth. And so I find myself now in a situation where I, I do need to be more aware of it. And I find lots of, uh, lots of my old like crap is bubbling up for me because I recognize that I don't have the luxury of Dave just handling everything for me. You know, I just go make the money and then Dave makes sure that it's managed well and he budgets well and takes care of everything and I didn't have to and I could just go do what I do. I make money because I think, I believe that I make a, a good living and I have because I really don't care about money. It doesn't represent anything to me in terms of what it will buy me. For me, money is, 
I, I get paid for bringing value to other people. And if I don't believe that I'm bringing value into somebody else's life, I will walk away from it all day long. Right. So now I find myself having a lot of caca coming up for me because like Tim was saying, you know, you reject money. It's the same thing for me. I reject money. I don't want to have money because it has some sort of, um, it, it had a meaning to me as a child, actually, uh, that I was spoiled because I had a dad who took good care of us. And my dad, like my dad's love language was always gifts. So I had a, a dad who I never had to ask or want for anything. Whatever I wanted, it was always given to me. And I can remember walking in, you know, going up to my dad and saying, I want to go to the mall. And my dad would never think twice and just hand me as much money as I wanted. And so that meant that was, that made other people like kids and other people in my life um, relate to me differently. Yeah. And, and it didn't, and it didn't feel good. So what I found was if I, you know, don't tell anybody what's really going on or whenever I would get money, I would just give it away, right? Because then I, it, didn't, it didn't become my identity. Does that make sense? No. It did become your identity, though. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it did. Right. Mm -hmm. Just not the identity that you were just getting ready to identify. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so it became, my identity became who I wanted to not be. Right. <laughs> uh, isn't that just horrible? <laughs> That's just like the worst thing. I wonder how many of us do that all the time, you know? Here's what I've learned. I've learned that the more I don't care about money, the more it shows up. The more I put people, relationships, experiences ahead of money, the more money shows up, the more opportunities I get to experience amazing things, you know, and um, memories and opportunities to serve other people and to make a huge impact and a huge difference in somebody else's life. And I, I know that the more you, I always say, the more you chase the dollar, it's like the more elusive it becomes. True. Right? Totally true. Yeah. So um, I guess our, I guess our whole point for today is this, um, don't chase the dollar, <laughs> right? Don't chase the dollar. Just, I, I think one of the things that I got from from John's, um, what, what John was sharing, uh, specifically before we started the podcast, he was sharing um, how when he got, when he first came to the club, he just wanted to make a truckload of money. And then at some point there's a shift, for John at least, where there was a shift from I want to make a truckload of money to I just want to make enough money to have a good life. And I think that where 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 I, where I read it is um what what I get from that is I think for me cuz I identify with that as well and what I identify with is that I now love like when I first got started in this business I thought I just wanted to make a bunch of money but mm -hmm. I think in truth it was I just did not want to be doing what I was doing oh. like I really just I and I thought the way to get out of doing my job mm. was to just make a truckload of money but now I actually, like, I just love what I'm doing. So I can't see myself making so much money to where I just go sit on a beach and drink Mai Tais all day long. Oh, yeah, like, either. I can't see that for myself. Um, so I think that's where I, what I hear from John, or at least the way I hear that, him sharing that, is that um, I can never see myself just making so much money that I don't have to work because I just really love what I'm doing. And I just want to make enough money to where I could keep doing this. Mm-hmm. 
and just keep doing it, you know, because I just love what I'm doing. That's great. That's really good. You know what I know for a fact? I know for a fact that if you, anybody who decided to, that they had enough money and they were going to sit on the beach and sip Mai Tais will end up self-destructing. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. There is nothing good about that. Nothing good about that will ever, mm-mm. nope, you have to be out there doing something. And if you create money along the way, yay. Right. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right, so I feel like we should have the money song playing right now. You know what I mean? Which one? You know, you know the one. You know the one. Somebody sing it. Come on, do no. the track. Come no. on, somebody. No. Uh, all right, well, maybe. Um, <laughs> money, 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 money. Money. Yep, that one. <laughs> all right. Well, you have Melinda, Tim, and John, and we are out of here because we're going to go make some money. Yeah. <laughs>